Welcome to the Rough Places into Level Ground podcast, where we'll be studying various scriptures and their application to our lives. And as we come to God's Word, He promises to lead us in ways we do not know, in paths that we have not known, and to turn our darkness into light and rough places into level ground. Welcome to today's study. I'm Jackie Burns, and I'll be your host. Have you ever wondered what true humility looks like? Now think about this for just a minute because it requires a shift in our thinking. Our humility comes when we realize that in our humbleness, we are no longer the center of our world. God is. And it is at this point that our lives change in a monumental way. Welcome to today's podcast, Finding Humility, the place miracles begin. You know, let's begin by looking at John 6, 5 through 9. As we read this, the disciples whose faith is still weak are struggling with the question of where the bread to feed the thousands of people will come from. They're struggling with a problem that defies human solution. And there are times when each of us also faces circumstances that just simply defy human solution, and we feel like we're in the dark. Now, one of the disciples, Andrew, he saw a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, and he brings this very small amount of food to the attention of Jesus. Now, clearly, in the face of such great need, what Andrew was going to bring to Jesus was so much less than meager and kind of seems crazy to think it could possibly be used. But when we come forth to Jesus in humility, knowing that the little bit we have is not enough, and all we have is not enough, and all we need is God. We need God for everything, and it is in this place that God can bring miracles to our lives. But first, we must find our way to humility, And that is what today's podcast is going to be talking about. In today's study, we're going to look at Naaman in 2 Kings chapter 5. And then again, we'll look as Jesus speaks of Naaman in Luke chapter 4. But before we begin, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you with gratitude and wonder for all you do. And ask your blessing and guidance upon this study. We ask that you would direct our footsteps in the path of humility. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 5, where we will read verses 1 through 14. Here now is the word of our Lord. Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and in high favor. Because of him, the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. Now the Syrians, on one of their raids, had carried off a little girl from the land of Israel, and she worked in the service of Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, Would that my Lord were with the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman went in, 
and told his Lord. Thus and so spoke the girl from the land of Israel, and the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he went, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, When this letter reaches you, know that I have sent to you Naaman my servant, that you may cure him of his leprosy. And when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? Only consider and see how he is seeking a quarrel with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come now to me, that he may know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. But Naaman was angry, and he went away, saying, Behold, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord, his God, and wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. Are not Abana and Farpar the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. But his servants came near and said to him, My father, it is a great word the prophet has spoken to you. Will you not do it? Has he actually said to you, Wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Now as we meet Naaman in Second Kings, we're told several things about him, beginning with he's the commander of the army of the king of Syria. He was a great man, held in high esteem by the king. He was a mighty man, a man of valor. And under his garments, he was also a man with leprosy. Now leprosy in the Bible often represented sin. And Naaman, like each of us, are people with sin. We are people in need of saving. In Naaman's time, there was no cure for leprosy, and lepers were shunned. Naaman, much like the disciples, was facing a problem that would defy a human solution. So despite all Naaman had done in his life, the success of his military career, all he had become, everything he achieved, was at risk. As his leprosy spread, Naaman would be shunned. All that Naaman was, his life as he knew it, was about to be dumped upside down. Only an act of God could cure his leprosy, as only an act of God through Jesus would forgive our sins. So let's look now at what Naaman brought to Elisha as he sought God's healing. Now, Naaman was a proud man, but he was not only going to compensate Elisha for God's healing, but he was going to do it in grand style. 
Naaman actually came with 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, 10 sets of clothing, and he arrived with all his horses and his chariots. He would come to get the healing, but he was in control. Much unlike Andrew coming to Jesus with a little bit of bread and fish and humbly suggesting it, all the while knowing it was nothing in the face of feeding thousands, we see the beginnings of a small faith growing, almost as if Andrew was saying to us, I know what I bring is nothing, but you, Father, can bring miracles out of nothing. It is not me. It is not anything I do. It is all you. But I come humbly before you. Now Naaman would meet with very unexpected circumstances when he arrived for his healing. First off, we're told that he pulls up with his chariots to Elisha's door to present his elaborate gifts. And what does Elisha do? He sends a messenger to talk with Naaman, and he doesn't even come to acknowledge him personally. This was the first upset and affront to Naaman's pride. The messenger then tells Naaman to go to the Jordan River and wash himself in it seven times. Now Naaman's anger begins to grow, and he left. And he, he can probably just hear him thinking, you don't come to meet me personally and receive my gifts. You send a messenger who tells me to go into the muddy and murky waters of the Jordan to get clean. If I needed to get clean in a river, I could go to the rivers of Damascus, which are way better than Israel's Jordan River. I thought Elisha would come to me. I thought he would call on his God and I would be healed. This was not the scenario Naaman expected. His anger now became rage. And his servants said to him, Naaman, this is a great word that was spoken to you. Will you not do it? Will you not just go wash and be clean? You can imagine them just thinking to themselves, Naaman, will you not put aside your pride? Humble yourself? Will you not do this for yourself to be cured of leprosy? Is your pride so great that you would choose leprosy over healing? So Naaman agrees to go and to wash himself in the Jordan. And he wasn't told to wash himself just once in the muddy river, but seven times. There was nothing that Naaman himself could do to cure himself. He could hold on to his pride, his anger and his rage, but he would also hold on to his leprosy. Naaman was brought to a place by God where he had to lay down his pride and lay down his anger in order to be healed. Pride and anger do not serve any of us well. So Naaman went and he washed himself seven times in the Jordan River, and Naaman was healed. Think just for a minute how lost Naaman must have felt that probably for one of the first times in his life, he could not make something happen, not even for himself. He had everything at his disposal, everything but humility and a knowing of God, a knowing that no matter who we are, 
Each of us is so vulnerable. And knowing that when we can lay down our pride and understand that we have nothing of true and lasting value in our world except God. Naaman had everything but a knowing that before God, we are to come just as we are. We come with the most meager of offerings. We come with the smallest seed of faith. We come, even if only with the smallest willingness to follow God, we come in the darkness of our own leprosy. And it is in our humility that God can work in us and bring miracles. It's in our humility that we're changed. We learn to trust in a sovereign God, a God who wants only our best. Naaman was led to faith in and by God, a God who dumped his life upside down, a God who has the answers for human circumstances that defy human solution, a God who brings us hope in our darkness when we turn to him and say, Father, I have nothing and I need you. Help me. Naaman was able to put down his pride and anger and come to God, and it was at this point his life was restored. When God takes control of our lives, he does so to call us deeper into relationship with him, and we often stumble over ourselves, and we may, as Naaman, crash into some pride that we didn't even know we had, a pride and maybe even some anger that's blocking us from God's call and God's healing grace. We all at times see things so very differently from God's perspective. And like Naaman, we think our lives and our healing should come in a different way. And we may find ourselves in total disequilibrium as God gets our attention. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8 tells us, Trust not in our own understanding, but trust in God with all our heart. And don't be wise in our own eyes, and it will be healing to our flesh. This is a hard lesson for us. It's a hard lesson for each of us. And God will bring it to us each in a different way, because he knows best how to reach each one of his children. God will, if needed, turn our lives upside down, if that's what it takes to bring us to him to find us and give us hope when our hope is lost. As we humbly come before God, we come as we are, with nothing to offer but sin and our need for redemption and our need to be saved. As we move now to look at our second passage from Luke 4, we find in verses 27 through 29, Jesus is actually speaking of the healing of Naaman to the people in the synagogue. Jesus tells the people, there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. Well, when they heard these things, everyone in the synagogue was filled with wrath, and they rose up and they drove Jesus out of the town and they brought him to the brow of the hill on which their own town was built so that they could throw him off the cliff. What Jesus was telling them was that God had healed a Gentile, an enemy of the Jews, a leper, who knew nothing of God's saving grace. And we read that the people became angry, enraged, much like Naaman. 
But there was one crucial difference between Naaman and the people in the synagogue. Naaman found his way to humility. He humbled himself before the Lord, and he trusted in him. Whereas the people in the synagogue did not. The people in the synagogue felt, hey, we're the chosen ones. We don't have to repent of sin. And they were proud. And in their pride, they missed the Lord's message. They missed that all must be saved by His grace and by His grace alone. In their pride, they missed the Lord who was standing right before them. As we come before God and are open to following His sovereign word, and as we come to realize our total dependence is on God, it's then that we grow closer to God and our relationship deepens. And God can work within us. He can change us. He can heal us. He can give us his peace, his comfort, and his strength. Now, pride tells us we don't need God. We're self-sufficient. But humility opens us up to receive God's grace and God's blessings. Naaman was almost too proud to follow the simple words of instruction given to him to go wash in the river and be clean of his leprosy. Now we, like Naaman, must watch out that we will not be too proud to follow Christ's instruction to us that it is by grace and grace alone that we have been saved by faith. All we have to do is come to Christ to receive the healing gift of grace. And when we come, we come just as we are. No gifts, no major accomplishments. In fact, no accomplishments are needed. We bring our hurt, we bring our struggles, and we bring our failures. And we can give all of who we are to Jesus and simply say, I need you. Help me. It is only in our humility that we learn God is the center of our lives, not ourselves. And in our humility, miracles begin. Thanks for joining us today. And until next time, praise God and God bless.